We live in perilous times for public health, for the economy, and of course, for the environment. Climate change has become one of the dominant issues of the day, shining a stark light on the emissions and energy use of everything from the fashion industry to the transportation sector. Businesses around the world are learning to evolve in the face of escalating environmental and economic challenges, and ports are no exception. The Vancouver Fraser Port Authority's vision for the Port of Vancouver is to be the world's most sustainable port. Between trade, growth, and economic prosperity, and protecting the natural world from noise, emissions, and other forms of pollution. Welcome back to Breaking Bottlenecks, a brand new Insiders podcast series brought to you by the Vancouver Fraser Port Authority. I'm your host, writer and historian Aaron Chapman. On this episode, we're going to talk about the environment, energy, and sustainability, and examine how the marine and shipping industries could face one of the most challenging bottlenecks of all if they fail to transform their operations. Here in Vancouver and in communities across British Columbia, people are proud of our supernatural surroundings. They're where we live, work, and play. And businesses that make their living on the water feel the same way. Canada's west coast is a pretty special part of the world with this you know, spectacular natural beauty. The region is ecologically rich, featuring lush forests, verdant valleys, majestic mountains, and plentiful access to the Pacific via a network of rivers, estuaries, and inlets. But industrial activities do have the potential to affect that natural environment, as well as human health through things like habitat loss, emissions, and physical degradation. There's also pollution of a different kind to consider, like light and noise. To learn how the Port of Vancouver pulls off that delicate balancing act, reducing its environmental impact while still keeping shipping lines and terminal operators afloat, I spoke with the port's director of environmental programs, Carrie Brown. Carrie, how are you? I'm great, thanks. How are you? I'm good. Carrie, just to jump right in here, um, what makes the port and Metro Vancouver's marine environment so unique? What are your challenges? Well, as a port authority in Canada, we're required under federal law to facilitate Canada's trade, protect the environment, and consider the communities in which we operate. That's a big mandate. In terms of incentivizing and enacting, how do you go about doing that? Well, we have a program called the Eco Action Program where we offer discounts on harbor dues. So that's the fees that vessels and ships pay to the Port Authority when they come into the harbor. So we offer discounts on those harbor dues to vessels that meet certain environmental requirements, best practices to reduce emissions or underwater noise or other environmental impacts. And that program's been in place since 2007. And each year we revise the criteria. We're constantly looking to raise the bar, have you will, in order to recognize our customers who have had the most participation in the EcoAction program, we introduced a Blue Circle Award. It's a way to recognize and celebrate our port customers who have committed to participating in EcoAction and who are committing to sustainability. And some pretty big names in the industry have been honored. Well, I think the major vessel operators that regularly call at the Port of Vancouver, they've been recognized over the years. And some, for example, have been recognized for over a decade, including lines like Princess Cruises, Disney Cruise Line in the cruise sector, and then such container carriers as Peg Lloyd, Westwood Shipping. You know, we're very proud of the work that they do and working towards 
improving their environmental performance. And we believe that it's important to recognize those industry leaders for going above and beyond legal requirements or regulatory requirements. And it's a great motto, but what's important about being the most sustainable port on the planet when it comes down to the concrete reality of the work you folks do? We believe, I believe, port authorities can really play an important role in advancing sustainability at all levels, integrating it into port operations, promoting sustainable practices throughout the port and in communities, and then advocating for sustainability in the global supply chain. It seems like the port shipping line customers really support that approach too. In the past 10 years, the number of vessel calls to qualify for eco-action discounts has nearly doubled, leading to dramatic reductions in emissions, underwater noise, and other environmental impacts. But as Carrie also told me, it's only one part of the Port Authority's multi-pronged approach to sustainability. Whether you call it cold ironing, alternative marine power, or as it's more commonly known, shore power, it's one of the Port of Vancouver's most successful environmental initiatives. Since launching in 2009, it's resulted in the elimination of more than 20,000 tons of greenhouse gases from cruise ships alone by allowing vessels to connect to cheaper, cleaner hydroelectric power while in port. That means big reductions in some really nasty air contaminants, including sulfur dioxides, carbon monoxide, volatile organic compounds and ammonia, as well as less noise pollution. Shore power has been an excellent addition to DP World Vancouver's terminal center in the Port of Vancouver. It's brought a variety of benefits, both on the environmental side and on the operational side. That's Joel Werner, the Director of Engineering and Projects at DP World. The company includes 150 operations in 50 countries, employs 56,000 people, and moves 190,000 containers every single day. And Joel told me bringing shore power to DP World's operations here has been a win for business and a win for sustainability. If we look at some of the environmental benefits, there's obvious ones. Turning off uh, a big diesel generator reduces air pollution, reduces noise, improves air quality for the community and, and all of our terminal employees. It's also had a positive impact on production where, where the emissions from the vessel while it's berthed at our terminals impact productivity. The smoke from the vessel stack often uh, requires that the crane move out of the way, and this can uh, reduce productivity on a ship. Uh, there's been a variety of benefits from environmental through to operational. Mm -hmm. You can imagine even the crews on board the vessels enjoy the 24 or 36 hours while they're alongside in their vessel operations or the containers are being loaded and discharged. The vessel is silent versus the constant engines running uh, throughout their day. And I imagine there were a number of partners involved. Can you tell me about logistics and essentially how did it come about? Absolutely. So Shore Power Project at Centre and at Container Terminal Support of Vancouver is a partnership between multiple parties. First of all, we have the Port Authority, the Port of Vancouver, and then ourselves, DP World. And then we had a couple of key consultants that were engaged to uh, design and deliver the project. The way the project was structured is that the Port Authority would take the lead initially and design and deliver the project and then hand it over to the terminal operator, in this case, DP World, to operate, maintain, and take it forward into the future. That's fascinating. Is the infrastructure of shore power easy to put in? I'm talking specifically maybe about 
physically putting in the shore power installations by the vessels? Is it an easy process logistically? Does it change from area to area? It is certainly not an easy process. So when you look at it from a high level, what we're doing is we're connecting the vessel to the power grid. So at British Columbia, mm-hmm. that's BC Hydro, our very sustainable, green, renewable electrical source. Over 98% of the electricity available in Canada, in British Columbia specifically, is renewable. So the first connection at Deep World Vancouver was in October of 2018. So almost two years ago now. And that was the accumulation of multiple years of work from the Port Authority, Port of Vancouver, and DP World to bring it from a concept through several feasibility studies through to a project that could be realized. There was funding from the federal government, and I should mention that the federal government of Canada did provide funding as well for this project and should be recognized as a key partner. And through that process, we were able to then commence construction in 2017 and connect the first vessel successfully in uh, October of 2018. Each container ship connected to shore power is the equivalent of taking up to 20 cars off the road for a full year. And Joel told me the buy-in from DP World's customers has been phenomenal. We initially thought that we were going to have to try to convince some of the vessels and try to encourage them to connect. And and the Port of Vancouver has has incentive programs in place to also help with this. But in fact, uh, there was an immediate uptake on the... uh, the utilization of shore power. And um, the couple of times it wasn't available due to maintenance of the system over the past, or since that time, they have actually uh, raised a concern about not being able to connect to shore power and, and how much they enjoy utilizing that service. What do sustainable initiatives like shore power mean for maybe the industry at large? What, what does the future look like? I think it's a key piece in helping this industry evolve and keep itself relevant and viable moving into the future. Being able to have a solution like shore power to reduce up to the point of eliminating vessel emissions while berthed at the terminal is an absolutely critical factor in future environmental permitting approvals and the sustainability of the business. It certainly changed the way that we run our vessel operations. You are listening to Breaking Bottlenecks, a behind-the-scenes look at how collaboration, communication, and innovation are driving business at Canada's largest port. I'm your host, Aaron Chapman, and if you like what you're hearing, please don't forget to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. More than 140 million tons of cargo passes through the Vancouver Gateway every single year. And of course, moving all that product takes energy. And as operators continue to grow, so do their power needs. You know, in many terminal operations, energy is just viewed as a cost factor. And the efficient use of it is not necessarily come to the forefront in the discussions. That is, however, starting to change. For more and more businesses, efficiency is becoming a key consideration. Viterra is a perfect example. The company, headquartered in Regina, Saskatchewan, is a global market leader in originating, processing, and marketing agricultural commodities. It also happens to be the first terminal operator here in Vancouver to develop and implement a management assessment plan under the port's Energy Action Initiative. To learn how it came about, I reached out to Viterra's Director of West Coast Terminal Operations, Peter Adima. Peter, how are you? Good, thank you. Thanks for joining us today. Peter, let's jump right into it. How did you end up collaborating with the port on this project? Well, the management assessment plan came about primarily through uh, the prompting of Dora Kwanzaa of the port. 
who approached us several years ago about being more involved with their initiatives on corporate sustainability, particularly in the energy initiative area. As a result of that, uh, she set up a session with BC Hydro and other um, consultants to review the way we approach energy and to help us build a management plan for how we move forward. Essentially helping us identify the, the key aspects of what we were going to address and how we were going to move forward. What was the problem you were trying to solve and what was its impact on its business? Well, we operate two waterfront terminals in Burrard Inlet, and both of those are very old facilities. In fact, other than uh, Atlantic Sugar, they're the two oldest operating facilities in the Port of Vancouver. We inherited a lot of legacy issues with both facilities that we felt were necessary to address to modernize them, make them more efficient and more productive. So in terms of the Ports Initiative, they're trying to get tenants to be more involved with looking at how they consume energy and what they can do to be more efficient users of it. It was an issue that we were already partially focused on. Certainly, we had already incorporated some initiatives in some of the previous projects that we had worked on, but as working together with uh, Dorota and her group, uh, we were able to get into a more focused approach of what we were going to do. And if you can, maybe run me through the benefits, because it sounds like there are several from lower costs to lower emissions and different financial incentives. There are a variety of incentives that come along. Uh, there are obviously the one, if you can reduce your energy footprint, there is a normal reduction in cost associated with that. The emissions factors are also related to cleaning up uh, both uh, the amount of dust you create in your own environment and making the workplace safer and healthier and also being a more responsible corporate citizen in the community. The financial advantage of lower energy use is easy to measure. You can see the savings printed plainly on your power bill. But as Peter told me, tracking the overall efficiency of Viterra's upgrades, the initial cost versus the long-term savings, forced them to come up with an entirely new method of assessment. Well, one of the key things we did very early on in the process was to developing an appropriate metric to measure it. And the metric that we decided to use, which is at a very high level, but very effective to capture the overall efficiency of the two terminals, was the one of kilowatt hours of energy consumed per metric ton of products shipped. And basically what we call energy intensity. And since 2011, in the eight years up until the end of 2019 that we've been monitoring this, we've reduced our energy intensity by 39% at our Pacific facility and 22.6% at our Cascadia facility. While those are impressive numbers, Peter also made it clear that sustainability is about much more than just lower energy usage. Viterra was also the first company in Vancouver to bring in a low-emission, low-noise Enviro locomotive back in 2008 and now runs two of them. It installed a state-of-the-art shiploading system at its Pacific facility to minimize fugitive dust emissions, and it's involved in a series of solar farm projects across Alberta. It all goes to show that energy efficiency and the environment are no longer treated as secondary considerations or potential bottlenecks for companies like Viterra and its parent Glencore, but rather guiding principles that affect every aspect of their business. It's proof that by working together, and looking at the big picture, the port and its partners can and are reimagining their operations to improve sustainability. 
not just for today and tomorrow, but for future generations as well. It really comes back to the core values of Canada and, and, and certainly the core value and vision, uh, environmental vision of the Port of Vancouver, which is to uh, enable that economic activity while protecting the environment and uh, effectively being a good neighbor with the, uh, with the communities. And it's funny our friend Peter Exotta should mention that. The port does have a lot of neighbors. We'll talk about how that relationship can get a little rocky sometimes in our next episode. Join us again for more behind-the-scenes conversations with customers, management, partners, and workers at the port. You can download Breaking Bottlenecks at Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. While you're there, why not hit subscribe so you'll get notified whenever a new episode comes out. And for more information, you can always check out portvancouver.com. I'm Aaron Chapman. Thanks for listening. 